Going into critical reflection number two for sociology about the movie We Were the Children. The biggest thing for me uh, in this movie that I really took from it, I had always known the uh, levels that the Native people were mistreated and abused and stuff like that, but I didn't realize to this extent, and it really opened my eyes to feel more of that empathy of how they were torn apart from their families. They had lost part of their culture and their own sense of identity as a person. And uh, really had that empathy with re- not necessarily relating, but being able to um, only imagine how that must have felt for them and all those trials and tribulations I had gone through. And it also helped me depict that media type of image from a reality and by that i mean right off the bat the nun taking lina from uh the pastor at the beginning and how cold her eyes had looked and i think that was very important because that's extremely contrary to what the media would visualize nuns as they're always seen as these happy go lucky women followers of christ and stuff and not to say that they aren't some of those but in this specific situation of residential schools as a whole they're uh, not doing the things that somebody as a follower of god should be doing i would think the way that they had talked to her off the bat, they're degrading her. They're talking to her like she's stupid and everything else just because she speaks a different language than them and comes from a different background. And that goes into the system of vectors of power and oppression, I feel, um, just because you're not speaking the predominant language or you're not of the predominant race, that that makes you lesser of a person, which is just terrible. I was really shocked to see that they used DDT. I had Googled it just because the way that Lina, uh, in the as an adult, had said they put DDT in my hair. Like I instantly assumed that was very bad just with the emphasis and tone of it. So I Googled it, and it was actually made synthetic later on after that year, and it was used as an insecticide. So I thought that was also mind-blowing. Um, like I can only imagine how that would have felt and burned on the hair and the way that they were treated. Like... I have a hard time putting into words because it's simply just mind-blowing. They um, had then gone on to make these children lose their identity by cutting their hair very similar. I noticed in the movie there was like maybe four different haircuts at max. And the only time we see that in today's day and age is in North Korea where they are not allowed to have only a set haircut from certain numbers. And they'd also changed her name from Lina to number 99. So now she is a cookie cutter of what they want her to be and she has no name she's now a number and they're really losing all their individuality and just as i had noticed that they had said they want you to be here and become useful members of society when talking about their parents and that just instantly is belittling these people even more by saying that you know you as your original culture and you as who you were as a person to begin with was ineffective and totally useless. And I thought that was just mind blowing. Like I couldn't imagine the feeling and uh, helplessness that they must've felt and how that would have affected them growing up and stuff. And especially when Lina was talking to the girl at the sink saying like, Oh, like you're dirty. Look at your hands. Like you're not white enough. And how that would have made them feel about 
things that they can't even change. And then to even belittle their ancestors by saying that, oh, well, our ancestors are in hell. We want to get to heaven. And then Lana goes, well, no, actually, like, I want to be with my ancestors. So I thought that was very commendable that seeing this graphic image of hell, she still decides that she wants to go there to be with her people. She doesn't lose that sense of identity like some of the other children may have, unfortunately. Moving past all the terrible things to a point, uh, going to a psychological standpoint, I noticed the use of the extrinsic rewards. They're using tokens with the kids. Every time they speak their language, they would lose the token and the conditioning when they would get belted if they did not speak in English or French. Um, and even with the nurse trying to make Lina eat when she was in the infirmary, every time she wouldn't eat her spoken language, she would slap her. But now she's scared of her, and she said she kept everything inside. And that, I think, shows how poor extrinsic rewards and classical conditioning could be because it doesn't change the um, it doesn't change the behavior; it just simply oppresses it. Lina said, "You know, I just scared her, didn't show any of my emotions." So. so. I just thought it was interesting to see how that was applicable to a situation after learning about it. Um, and without trying to put good things in something that was all around horrible, I had mentioned in class, you know, just comparing uh, Sister Mary, who seemed to genuinely want to help the kids but was unable to based on the situation and the angry sister there. But I don't really want to go into that because I don't want to be putting too much good into something that was overly bad but i think it's fair to mention what you had said about this is a good eye opener to show every time we think that we may be doing something good and helping that we could actually be doing the opposite so i think that really helps when you're in a situation where you're trying to help someone you're thinking doing good i think it gives you the idea that maybe to take it back and look from a third person perspective not to get so tangled up in something that you're doing hands-on and from a first person i think it's good to always look as what you're doing as a whole and what it may be affecting and as a whole for residential schools i had found that it was very 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 similar to modern day correctional facility when you're asking for good things or misbehaving, you get put into isolation, which they do in uh, correctional facilities. The food was awful. They're, once again, a number. They get an X amount of time, which could be compared to yard time. They have their bunk mates and stuff like that. And even the way that the um, sexual harassment and sexual assaults had happened, there was no one to tell because nobody believed them or didn't care enough to. And it was just all very dark and everything was happening behind closed doors. Like it wasn't very transparent. None of the parents believed anything that was happening or anything like that. I think that uh, one thing I really appreciated for the movie is, is comparing to having a straight Hollywood movie with none of the survivors, the way this was more of a documentary per se and having that, actual survivor talk it not that it would lose credibility but i think it makes it hit that much harder seeing the person talk from experience and explaining it to you um i think just seeing that emotion in their eyes and how it affected them and feeling that from them compared to just actors and stuff it really does it justice and really puts that nail in the coffin um 
and gives you that sense of um, how bad it was. My favorite part in the whole movie, which is kind of a weird word to use in this movie, was uh, Glenn being disobedient. Um, I think it really showed his character and how strong he was that despite being belted and beaten and degraded, he was still speaking his native tongue because he just wasn't going to deal with it. And then to even um, live out his whole life the way he did without committing suicide or anything like that, I think is just very, very, very powerful because him, like many other children, had gone through these sexual assaults and beatings and everything of the like. And he still went on to raise a family and uh, lived out his life like that. And I think that really just is amazing that he was able to do that. Going back and thinking about our class discussions and the history of the Nova Scotia and uh, Mi'kmaq Key um, relation and the origins and the peace and friendship treaties and such like that, um, I think it will change the way I perceive things in a sense, like even when it comes down to this fisheries thing, um, just learning about the residential schools. Cause like I was shocked to learn that it was in, I think 1996, that it was the last residential school shut down. That was three years before I was born. And I mean, as a whole, not much has been done for these people. They're constantly battling to prove things that have already been proven. Like the Canadian constitution and all that was, built upon Mi'kmaq treaties and they're fighting now for things that they have already won. They're dragging that skeleton out of the closet when they're fighting for their fishing rights and stuff that were already settled in Supreme Court, the highest court of law in Canada. So if they can't rely on that highest court law in Canada, then what can they rely on? If that's garbage, then the whole system is garbage because it was built on the Mi'kmaq. So I think that... um, in my work as a social service worker, being able to work with these people and get that hands-on type of experience per se and learn more about their culture would be my main goal. I think it would be very important to learn more of the history and stuff because people talk about the transgressions that happened against them like it was so long ago, but it was literally within the past 30 years that these type of things were happening in residential schools. So it really gives me that courage even more to stand up to people who are talking about these injustices like they're nothing as if we just move past them because nothing's been done for them and they're just fighting for the things they've won. And um, yeah, I think it really gives me that confidence to be able to speak up about it. And even if people think I'm wrong about me, like I'm not going to care or take that opinion to heart because they're just being ignorant and not doing the research themselves and basing it off pointless or fake information type of thing. Um, overall, yeah, as a social worker, um, I think it makes me want to be able to go into uh, native communities if possible and actually be able to help them in any way that I could, whether it was a counseling type of method or anything like that, because um, none of those systems have been there for them. The only system that's been there has been a racist one that has oppressed them even further. So it would be um, nice to be able to try to be the opposite of that and actually shine light into a situation.